Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Hey, top of the hour here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers, and we're happy to have you with us. And uh, again, still time to come down to the live event here at Hale Varsity Club. We're having breakfast. It's pancake time. Uh, we've seen original pancakes. We've seen the Hawaiian stack pancakes. We're drinking coffee. Speaking of coffee, the beanery is what I'm drinking, the official coffee of coffee and cream, and also the coffee that everybody else is drinking here today because they are the coffee I, of I, each I see those event. little mugs. Everybody. What's your, what is your brother's coffee of mix of choice? That looks awful dark. I think it's just... It's black. I think it's just black coffee. Yeah, black is beautiful. I don't. I don't mind that. I don't know about like what's the foam on the top? Would that be from cream? I don't know. <laughs> Who are you telling? Let me, <laughs> let me look in my cup real fast. Let's see what's going on. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Husker Travis on. Uh, wait, I always get it wrong. I always call him by his first name, but it's not really. It's, it's Travis Husker fan. We're talking about a lot of Travises today. Yeah, a lot, a lot of Travises. He says, I'd like to hear Saban's thoughts on traveling to Ainsworth, Nebraska to visit a recruit. Was, was Saban the one that went? But I know one thing. Cause, so here's the thing, though. There are some places in that part of the country, in the south, that have some Ainsworth-esque qualities to them. Right? Because it's like, I was just talking to my buddy. Uh, you know, I was telling you about Tom Thompson, mm-hmm. uh, Hooper over at uh, former Hooper over at Westside. His his brother and his sister in law live off the grid. They they were in Ralph, Tennessee, and now have moved uh, just west to a different location. Ralph, Tennessee. Yes, like that should be a T shirt. Yeah, so I can't imagine Ralph would be much different. So uh, Ainsworth, at least as far as the. Why is it the 2010 census is what this quick facts, quick facts, excuse me, pops up at 1,700 people. Not sure if there's a little bit more now. Somebody can let me know in the comments, or you can give us a call, 888-638-4876. But you know what every small town has? I think I've told you this before. What's that? But what does every small town have? Take a guess. Uh, it, a, every a, a, small town has this. A good, a good tight end? A good tight end, yes, no, uh, sure. A good gas station? Uh, I'm, not, I'm thinking like a literal, like, brand a literal name um and it's every, food every small town has a subway 
Oh, every they? small town has a subway. Really? I'm telling you, you go to a small town. Like I, I was looking at, hey, you know what? What? What's in Ainsworth? Because you have Husker Meat, you have Bombgars. Like those, Bombgars, of course, big store name. But then I always see Subway in every small town. I feel like it's, it's a, must-have. Like mm. uh, if you live in a small town, you have to have a Subway. And you know who works at the Subway? The high school kids in town. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. I like your style. Subway. So there's a Subway in Ainsworth? I've never, there is. Uh-huh. I've been to a lot of places in Nebraska. Give me, give me a small town. Any small town. Uh, You're in Nebraska? Go ahead. How about Mitchell? Mitchell? No, no. How about Binkelman? Binkelman. That's B-E-N-K. Yep. Binkelman. Got it. Bankelman, Nebraska. Do you think they have a subway? I'm telling you. I, 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 <laughs> you're, you're like scrolling. I'm hope I'm right. <laughs> it's in the panhandle now. You got a subway? Not Google, seen a subway. Google Maps. I see a Google. Skyline Grill. Ooh, maybe we should go to Skyline. Is there a subway nearby? Well, right. I'm wrong. What's your, what's your level of surprise? Seems like it. Are you guys going? The, what the BAM offer? Uh, I was shocked, and here's why. Because it it doesn't seem to me that it's very common that an eight man player gets recognized mm-hmm. at uh, can I say it the best school if not one of the best one schools in football pretty good at recruiting like why why him what led to that and then I went down this rabbit hole of like how do you discover a player so then I went to huddle and recruiting profiles and things like that and I'm like still though like how are you looking at a guy in 8 man football which is a completely different game than 11 man doesn't mean it's any less competitive uh, you you see the game right it's who's offered correct and it, you know I went down this rabbit hole and then I came across an article that was written I think it was on the Omaha World Herald about how Nebraska produces more FBS players than ever to this point from like 2010 to now. And I'm like, it's crazy how just in the span of 10 years, what adding certain coaches at the collegiate level to cover certain areas, because you know, there's somebody in Bama that's like, Hey, you got the upper Midwest and like they're focusing on that Mm -hmm. while somebody else is focusing on a different region. And then you also have those recruiting profiles to where anybody can go and look and see. You also have seven on seven football, which is played all year round. And uh, that's uh, great for and I don't to get and, reps and I don't even think Carter plays. I don't know. Six. I asked you. I asked you. I don't. Fair. F- I'm like, I don't does think. He play? I don't think so. And whether he does or does not, it just goes back to what I was saying about recruiting profiles and game footage. Like that's how you find a Carter Nelson. Ninety-eight percent of schools, Damon, are on huddle oh, like in it. some way, shape, or form. That is why we've see, seen these numbers grow, and that's also why I think it's easy to discover a guy like Carter Nelson. Put yourself in 2005, you're not discovering Carter Nelson mm-hmm. in Alabama. You're just not. When, yeah, and you're exactly right. And I think that was about when the kind of the, it started to pick up, right? Because that was the Marlon Lucky era that I remember and the whole five-star. I think... 2003 was right around its its kind of birth. I I need a recruiting expert to to confirm or deny, you know. But it's going to be interesting too because I think players. I always tell players this, high school wise, when folks get offers because I see lots of things from people that get offered and and you know some I some I'm like ah you know about time or someone like ah really, you know. And I always tell families and players when they're being 
recruited, you know, could I say yes tomorrow? You've offered me. Could I say yes tomorrow? Is this contingent upon me coming to campus? Uh, do I do I need to perform? Like, because I I get the offer thing, and for some it's it's committable on the spot. But up until the last, I don't know, probably five or six years, had you ever heard the term committable offer? Because that's what I always wonder, right? Because now, and now I know so many people that recruit that are in the college game over the last 10 years, and they kind of roll their eyes, um, you know, over when they're competing with another school, and they're like, oh, well, you know, why would they offer such and such? You know, we offered such and such. And I know if he tells them that he wants to commit tomorrow, they're not going to, you know. So you never know. Uh like what schools are are looking at but you've got me super curious now when you say what leads somebody to Ainsworth other than I think initially I think you have to go by the initial offer list right because I think there's just some schools I think he's got a Michigan offer I mean he's got he's, he's got the best right. offers in Around the, state the state by far so it's like but they just don't strike me as the type of school that would just go willy-nilly either. So, I mean, it's 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 good for the state of Nebraska. And, and the more college coaches, I think for the kids, the merrier. If you're a fan of the University of Nebraska, maybe not so much. Now, I'm in my head, I'm fact-checking myself. It may have been the Lincoln Journal star where this came from. It's one of the two. But, uh, you know, from 2010 to 2019, D.B., just ask around, Manly Enterprises. They're one and the same. Nebraska produced <laughs> 10 or more FBS scholarship players just once from 2010 to 2019. That was in 2017. Since 2020, it's happened four years in a row where they've had 10 or more. 14 FBS signings in 2021 and 13 in each of the last two seasons. Plus, all 13 of the state's FBS signees went to Power 5 schools in the 2023 class. Kyle, you may have a chance to beat that this year, though. But think about like where I we're know, trending. Like, that's, that's what's crazy. When you see stuff like I talked about with, with Carter and Nelson getting an offer from Alabama, and like I said, it, it's great to see because more kids are being discovered and you're not just settling on a program, mm -hmm. right? You know... And this doesn't even include FCS offers. I mean, I saw yesterday, two days ago, Rezac had a South Dakota State offer. Wait, he got like four in three days. Right. Which is, it's long overdue. And the reason I say South Dakota State is because, well, they just won. Yeah, defending national champ. And then South you Dakota have Kay State. Johnson and Easton Stick that also went to FCS schools that probably could have gone to FBS schools if they wanted <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely 100%. And so just actual. It, what's, crazy, it, what's crazy nowadays is this. Here's how you get somewhere. You start with your recruiting profile and game footage. You play seven-on-seven seven if you can for those skill position players because that's what seven-on-seven is really meant for is the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, you know, your, your running backs, your tight ends, your defensive backs. Like, it's meant for your skill guys. And then you go to a place like the Warren Academy here in town mm -hmm. if you're looking for work in the trenches to help get noticed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's become – I don't know – and and this is this is different than Carter Nelson. So I'm saying, generally speaking, like the recruiting game, I think for some, a lot, 
has become one in which to play. Like there is this thing called the recruiting game. Hey, who am I? Who am I close to? And uh, the recruiting sites. Hey, who can help? You know, build a profile. Hey, who can help? Uh, reach out and say, hey, you need to take a look at this guy. Like all that kind of stuff, I think, ultimately matters. And students, student athletes and parents, I think, are, are definitely learning to play the game. As we look at some other factors, too, that kind of fall into this, hey, people are getting offers, people are getting offers. How about on the other side of things? When you look at the walk-ons, I mean, we haven't really gotten into this just yet, but we've been hearing all week long uh, that Nebraska is going to shave their walk-on numbers. And, you know, what does that really mean? I mean, even in shape, we talked to Mike Schaefer at 730, and you kind of asked him, you know, what are you willing to compromise? Yeah, you're talking about the fan base. Right, yeah. for the sake of winning. And it's like, Hey, let's let's not attach to what we once were. Let's progress to get to where we want to be. And you know that's the way Matt Rule's head works. We all know that. But the walk-on program, it, it won't look the same. The numbers will continue to lower. You can cash in on walk-ons, no yeah. doubt. It's been done before, and that's why they've had such an influx of numbers over the years. But look at the late ones, right? I mean, yeah, you had how, – how many walk-ons came – like, what do you think the, the top number of walk-ons Matt Rule – not Matt Rule, Scott Frost gathered for a program? Was it like 40? Uh, Was it like 45? Is that too that, high? That seems high. Regardless, let's just, we'll say 40, for example. We'll, we'll, I'll even say 30. Play it safe. Who are the main ones that they've cashed in on? Luke Reimer? Luke Reimer, for sure. Yeah. Colton Feast, yeah. right? But if you're only getting two out of 30, what's your percentile here now, right? I mean, yeah, if you bring a bigger sample size, you can cash in on so-called more walk-ons. But if you lowered that sample size, would you have found Reimer? Would you have found Feast? I think you, I think you got to find a way, uh, whatever it looks like, whether it's walk-on, not walk-on, whatever. I think you got to find a way to um, up your percentages to get it right. You know, like I want to give myself more opportunities for I, – I want more margin for error. But I ha, I can't do that at, at, a, at a cost. And not just where take walk-ons to where, take walk-ons. Yeah, because you're, you're wasting guys' time. Like I had a couple of conversations, some were internally in my head, some were, you know, a little bit over social media. I take a look at – we were talking about North Platte yesterday. And, and Tilford, who ends up going to SDSU, had the opportunity to walk on at Nebraska. Like – you know, when he asked me about the opportunities, I felt like it was a really difficult decision because I think he's good enough uh, and he plays the game in such a way where, man, I could see you being a power five guy. I could, right? I mean, people will sell you short on your size and this, that, and the other, but the way you play and whatever, right? But how do I feel reconciling that in my head with, okay, you have a chance to go to school for free, and play for a national championship at SDSU. That's it sounds pretty good to me, right? And it's not like they're not putting guys in the pros. They're going to put no. another tight end in the NFL mm -hmm. this year. So it's like, you know, I what is it that you that you really want to do when you're coming out of out of high right. school? Is it is it the opportunity to play on the biggest stage? You want to compete against the best? You want to be able to play right away? 
do you want to you know you want to be functional right where's academics fall in the line if they're if if, if if that's part of the deal take a step down too, db what if we go to naia i mean an hour and a half away is morningside uh, another, fan, fan, another, another, another two hours away is Northwestern, the defending yeah. national champions. I mean, we're looking at two schools right there that if you wanted to play right away, if you're good enough to be a walk-on in D1, you're good enough to be a starter down at an NAIA program. Yeah, for the most part. And then if you look, go one step further, too. If you want to go to JUCO, look who just won a national championship right down the road. Yeah. Because, uh, you know... Nebraska is choosing to shave from the walk-on program. It's not because they want to get away from what used to work. It's the fact that, no, they want to, like you said, be right more times than not. And two, you know, kind of combat the growth of college football down the ranks just, from D2 to FCS to NAIA to JUCO, et cetera. I just think there's so, there's so much to think about, too, for – you know the student athletes because it's a lot of times as you know man it's not just gonna boil down to the school name it's do i have the opportunity to play and can i chase my dreams and a lot of times the functional part of that is where it gets a little blurry and then add in one more to this mix the transfer portal yeah you don't have room for walk-ons hardly anymore because at any point you can go out and say hey mind you this is coming from a good place. Who's better, the walk-on or the transfer? Yeah, and so the interesting thing is, is I, I don't know. I, I wish it were always going to be that linear, but I don't know if it is, Drew Down, because I think fit matters more than anything in in 2023 in college. Shoot in athletics, right? In but can you? Would you rather find fit in a transfer, or would you rather find fit in the walk-on? The transfer has a, a higher likelihood of playing. No, maybe being better, but I don't know about fit though, right? Because I think it's easier. Ah, that's tough. I think it's easier for somebody that has had college experience to get have a like comp. Where it's more portable. Okay, I saw him play against such and such, so I can see him play against such and such. But the the want to and fit, if somebody's willing to take less money to come be a part of what you're doing, how much does that factor into the quote-unquote comp when you're looking at fit for your culture? And fit's a big thing for Nebraska, as we know. Matt I think, it's a, looks I think for it's a fit, fit for, a lot of, else. for a lot of schools that want to do it. And have some long-term success. I just, I just think we'd be, we'd be negligent to think that a walk-on wouldn't get pushed down the roster. No, I, I mean, I understand. The, I understand the, I understand the premise. I, I see it happen a ton more in basketball now than I am in, in football because I think football coaches are still reluctant with the ultimate team game to compromise the development piece. A lot less than I think basketball coaches are sometimes that can flip a roster tomorrow. Doesn't always work like that in football. And, and shoot, remember that's one of the first questions I asked Bob when we had him on is, how does it is it just me or does there seem to be a difference in transfer portal success between basketball and football? And and it's not just because basketball has smaller numbers because you think if there is a contaminant or something that wasn't part of the process that wasn't going to go right it would reveal itself a lot easier with smaller numbers Meet me at the rim. than it would with big numbers 
football you can hide a guy if it doesn't pan out mm-hmm. and it's no big deal yeah right? well so i i i just didn't think it, it was stands out more in basketball as, as easy as saying well you know smaller numbers easier impact because it can be to the ne- no big deal it can be to the negative too as you take a look at college basketball as well i would tend to say if you're in the transfer portal and you move wouldn't you also say that that guy is going to be a starter on the another team yeah just depends on why they're leaving at least what i've seen this year you you leave a program and you go somewhere else and we're always talking like oh this guy transferred from smu this guy transferred from florida florida this guy transferred from clemson and it's like huh they transfer and they're getting a boatload of playing time and also they are benefiting from that take keontae johnson Mm -hmm. for example like this is a guy that left Florida and is now thriving on the basketball court at K State. Is it because he got more time? Is it because he is it because he got was it a better fit? I I just think you get coaches sometimes that don't want what comes with older guys wanting to change locations and try to rehab or fix or have that be a fifth, then they are willing to invest. What about Jack invest. Nungy going to Xavier? No, I listen. So the isolated examples, I, I listen. I totally understand. But when you're on your when you're on your second school, and for sometimes these guys, so is Amani Bates' talent. So is is it so overflowing that you're going to take him at a at a max school coming from Memphis versus going to get a high school talent? that you can grow and develop. Do coaches want to take that grow and develop? So what I'm saying when I ask the question rhetorically is sometimes it's so if I can look in your suitcase a lot easier, you get a you get a more critical set of eyes. So it's not always a bonus that you're coming over from college to college because sometimes that tightens the scrutiny too. Cuz remember it's a really tight circle. So coaches can pick up the phone and say, "Hey, what was going on with, with such and such that he couldn't make it at your program to come over to mine? When in high school, you're more apt to maybe give a benefit of the – you could be. I'm not saying for sure. You could be more apt to give the benefit of the doubt because there's more room for growth. Well, if you look at that same example from the other side of things, if you take a transfer and you look through their baggage because you can see it like a clearer image, like you said, and you take that guy – I mean, because you have – a better opportunity of that guy than panning out because you chose to take that guy based on everything that you saw, everything that you knew. You don't have to even touch him if he's in the transfer portal. But when I'm talking about a guy moving from one place to another, obviously you've done your due diligence. You've looked into it and said, hey, this is going to work. So in in that side of things, coaches are more prone to taking him than a high school kid nowadays. And we talked about this either yesterday or two days ago. COVID kind of helped that. Well, that's going to be interesting. We'll see what happens out recalibrates. Because everybody gets years. an extra year. When it recalibrates, because the market's going to reset in two years. Hey, our poll question of the day to DB as we uh, finish up our thoughts on college basketball is this, and it's pretty simple. Will Nebraska make the NIT? Mm. It's a fairly simple question, but it has also a little bit of baggage to it as well. Yeah. Um, Wherever your thoughts are, um, you can vote at H Varsity Radio on that question. You know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock myself here for a second. I just said we had a poll question, and I know I didn't tweet it out today. 
I know I didn't tweet that out. Well, that's what happens when <laughs> I don't even recognize what we're doing. We're so I, I'm going to say the poll question, and then at the break, I'm going to post the poll question. That's that's something I would do. Hey, welcome to my world. See, it happens. At least I know you're human. So, do you have any responses? I mean, <laughs> funny guy. You. Sorry, Shane. I can't hear you all the way up here. What was that? <laughs> don't put that crap on me. Wow. My man jumped into my vehicle this morning. That was hilarious. <laughs> jumped? Like a hop, skip, and a jump? Yeah. No, I, I crawled up into it. Oh, you crawled? I climbed up into oh, it. Oh, you climbed? Uh, Were you wearing a harness? I, t- I, I had the seat warmer on for A him parachute? And I, and I said, hey, you know, is that... Uh, is <laughs> Please too tell warm? me you complained about the seat. I said, if it's too warm, man, you can turn that off. He goes, uh... He likes hot buns. He's like, no, Remember? I, I like it. He likes hot buns. <laughs> I like it. He says, you know, I get cold easy. <laughs> yeah, man, I know. Hey, uh, Short blood supply. Coming up next, uh, you know, there's a lot just happening this weekend. You know, wh- what are you most looking forward to? Right there, There's a ton from college baseball starting up. Uh, Omaha hockey has another big series in Miami. You have Nebraska facing Maryland, Creighton St. John's, Nebraska women against Iowa women. There's a whole bunch to talk about. We'll do that next. Heard at Sports Radio, every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. 